This episode of Feminist Without Mystique is brought to you by Kensington's newest title from Kat Martin, The Last Good Night. The Last Good Night is a thrilling new suspense novel from the best-selling author of The Perfect Murder that fans of Jane Ann Krentz and Laura Griffin won't want to miss. A cold case is heating up, and with another body turning up, one woman is hot on the trail of a killer, with the help of the rancher who hired her to deliver justice. When Cade Logan said goodbye to his estranged wife eight years ago, he never thought it would be the last time he saw her alive. Now her car has been hauled out of a nearby lake, and Cade is determined to track down the man who murdered her. Enter Eleanor Bowman, a talented private investigator who's about to stir up a hornet's nest on his Colorado ranch. The Last Good Night is the first in the Blood Ties series, and this romantic suspense novel has an average Goodreads rating of 4.14 stars. There are 295 ratings and counting, so it seems like a great murder mystery, romance murder mystery to curl up with uh, this fall. You can find The Last Good Night by Kat Martin wherever books are sold. Find out more at kensingtonbooks.com. Welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, we'll go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us. It really helps other people discover us. Um, And we always welcome feedback on our social media, FWM Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, and Feminist Without Mystique on Instagram. And you can support us on Ko-fi, K-O-F-I. And if you haven't checked out some of our interviews from some of the authors participating in the Miami Book Fair, um, you should check them out. They are... Not last week, but the four before that, four episodes before that, we were talking to a bunch of cool uh, authors on their different works that were everything from novels to memoirs to like literary criticism. So, indeed, yeah, yeah. it was a real rip roar and good time. It was. <laughs> we we learned, we laughed, we loved. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. <laughs> Happy Tuesday to you. Happy Tuesday to you, too. Tuesday. Oh. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wowie zowie. Wow. We're here. We're here. We're here. We're going to talk about a really important issue of our times this episode, but Chris Pratt. Do we hate him? Why? What's the deal? What's going on? Um. But first, I think we just wanted to, like, acknowledge the infrastructure bill (laughs) before we get into the important stuff. (laughs) Yes, Um, exactly. Pass the house, need some other shit, signature and all that jazz. Um, So we'll we'll get to it in more deets. But, you know, I'm here for infrastructure is not, like, sexy, Mm -hmm. but it's pretty... It's also not very sexy to, like, be on a bridge and it collapses underneath you. (laughs) No. You know. Um, So, yay infrastructure. Bridges Mm -hmm. and um, 
roads and public transportation and mm -hmm. internet um, yeah. access um, and all, all kinds of goodies. So cool. Like yeah. it. Um, Pfizer is vaccinating children now. Um, mm -hmm. Yay. Or angry react if you're <laughs> yeah, middle a certain kind of boomer on Facebook. <laughs> um, poisoning my children yeah um, so things oh, are things are happening in the world but yeah we've got important things to talk about we have important things we you know this is a this is one of those weeks where it was like okay the infrastructure bill passed in the house it was contentious so 13 republicans supported it but like six democrats i think or maybe even 10 the squad didn't um support it but AOC did a whole 70 minute Instagram to her followers to talk about kind of why she didn't support it which was cool um and uh it's just one of those topics kind of like putting masks on and um you know anything that is about cancel culture at this point like some some words I'm just like ah it's very hard to engage with this and what's everyone's agendas and so with the infrastructure bill it's kind of one of those things where I feel like we're you know we'll we'll discuss it when something passes and is signed by President Kamala Harris <laughs> <laughs> by Biden um so just an acknowledgement there but we, we wanted to have like a little more fun this episode. <laughs> you wanted to have some fun. Um, <laughs> Let's get him. <laughs> <Let's get 'em. laughs> well, because Chris Braddy Pratt, like, uh, he was beloved and adored um, for a while before, before he got abs, basically, <laughs> is the timeline. Um, yeah. But there's been, and there's still plenty of people who do love Chris Pratt, but there have been some some criticisms leveled at him over the years um and there's this this sort of this online debate <laughs> does chris pratt suck is he the worst chris um and it's an it's an interesting thing where you know a beloved a beloved white man um goes from being beloved to less so which mm -hmm. doesn't happen too much um and again, he still has tons of tons of fans. And we'll let you make up your own mind about Chris Pratt and how you feel. <laughs> um, we'll just present the information. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think he's the worst person in the universe. You know, I mm -hmm. don't wish him ill, but I think he's uh, representative of the specific, like this type of like non-malicious, but still incredibly frustrating, like selfishness and missing the point and whatever. Anyway. It's like a goofy misogyny a little bit without intending to be and like, um, yeah, just a completely missed sen misplaced sense of like what is – like he obviously thought this was sweet and funny. Mm -hmm. So it's just like I'm I'm goofy, you I'm, know. I'm a goofy guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, baby. It's not 2000 anymore. We've got a higher level of uh, discourse now and we're going <laughs> to – We're going to get into it. Your goofy narcissism is uh, – we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. We're diving. We're diving in. Um, yes, Instagram. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he's married. Chris Pratt's married to, I feel like there are buckets of criticisms against Chris Pratt. And one has to do with like 
the perception of how he has treated and treats his ex-wife Anna Ferris and and his relationship with his current wife Catherine Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. Arnold's um, daughter. So he made this Instagram post. I guess it's not too long. I'll just read it. Um, it's a picture of him, Chris Pratt, with his wife, his wife Catherine, like gazing at him very adoringly. Um, and apparently, I didn't realize it makes sense, but before doing the hard hitting research for this episode, <laughs> I didn't realize that, like, in many christian denominations um women are taught that you should be if your husband or you know a a man your father you know some man that has ownership over you (laughs) is speaking you should be looking at him adoringly basically um Mm. to encourage other people to see him as you know as one to be looked up to and to just be like a dutiful wife so i don't know if that's (laughs) that's what's going on here or if she's just adores the man but either way she's staring at him like v lovingly um which could also just be sweet i look at people i love lovingly too and i'm not like anyway so what yeah. does the post say <laughs> <laughs> guys for real look at how she's looking at me i mean find you somebody that looks at you like that you know what you know you know <laughs> we met in church she's given me an amazing life a gorgeous healthy daughter she chews so loudly that sometimes I put in my earbuds to drown it out, but that's love. <laughs> she helps me with everything. In return, periodically, I open a jar of pickles. <laughs> that's the trade. Her heart is pure and it belongs to me. My greatest treasure right next to my Ken Griffey Jr. Upper Deck Rookie card, which if you know, you know is saying a lot. It's her birthday in about six weeks, so if I don't get her anything, I'll tell her to look back on this post. Love you, honey. <laughs> All right. Uh, What's wrong with this post? <laughs> where to begin? But I'm glad that you started with what the actual picture was. Mm-hmm. Because gazing. She is just she's gazing at him and uh, the height difference which doesn't obviously they can't control that or whatever. The way that she's sitting and she's lower than him and she's looking literally looking up to him and yeah, the adoration. It's all kind of a vibe that I think if I were if that was like a picture of me and my boyfriend, I would be a little embarrassed um, just because that's just me. And I think I'd, I'd kind of, I, I you know. He's not looking back at her with that. He's not looking at her. He's looking at the camera and he looks looking at his controlled. Card. He's looking at his Ken Griffey Jr. card. Um, I just want to say, like just parsing the first sentence or actually not the first sentence the first um, sentence is guys the first sentence is guys <laughs> which is an issue guys for real period um find you somebody that looks at you like that exclamation two exclamation points you know that's something that traditionally on the internet people say like you're the third party and you're mm-hmm. saying find you someone that looks at like looks at you the way like you know <laughs> chris pratt looks at Anna Ferris a long time ago. Like that's that's but you're the third person. You shouldn't be saying find you someone who looks at looks at you like my wife looks at me. I don't know. It's a little it just starts everything off on a weird tone. Yeah, where it's where it's just like I'm great. <laughs> Look what I has. Get get you some of this. It's not even like yeah, it's 
and that in of itself, there's a larger context here with Chris Pratt, okay? If that was the only thing in life that he had done that we were kind of cringy about, we would we wouldn't do an episode about it. No. But we're presenting all of the details, okay? <laughs> we're, pres- we're journalists. We're, we're ju- we are journalists. This is a journalistic enterprise. Everything. They met in church. Um, Which is his next sentence, by the way. We met in church, period. period. What? Cool. <laughs> All right. I mean, he's very, <laughs> very outspoken about his church attendance, which is fine. Um, although if you go to like a homophobic church, maybe you'll get criticized for that. And maybe we will do that later in this episode. Yeah. Chris. Um, and then this is a part that the internet really got upset about. She's given me an amazing life, a gorgeous, healthy daughter. Which, yeah, it's like it is super valid to be grateful for healthy children. Um, but his son with Anna Ferris um, has some special needs, has had health issues. And to be fair, I don't think he wrote this and was thinking, ha, fuck my son and fuck my ex-wife. I don't think he thought about them at all. And that's kind of the issue. The problem. Mm-hmm. Um it's because it's sort of like saying this God-fearing woman gave me a healthy child, mm-hmm. unlike that other wench. You know, it's <laughs> of course he didn't like not of course, but I really don't think he meant it that way. But yeah, to just not have the awareness when you're mm-hmm. writing, like not even speaking conversations, when you're writing a post, right, to celebrate somebody that you don't mm-hmm. look it over and think like, how might this be? construed could this potentially be hurtful to the mother of my first child mm-hmm. um you know it's just ugh. yeah it didn't it doesn't it doesn't hit with a, an empathetic note and again it's like I don't feel like there was any malice there mm-hmm. but there wasn't any thought either right it was just it was a thoughtless sentence um and it has, you know, in his defense, because it's sort of like, because we're fair and balanced, you know? Fair and um, balanced. <laughs> like, he spends a lot of time, it's been widely documented, you know, that he spends a lot of time with his son, and he loves, he obviously, like, loves his son dearly, and um, and he has donated a lot of money to different causes that help NICUs and mm-hmm. um, babies who have been born prematurely uh and so i think that there's a lot of care and maybe maybe if i like if i really want to give him the benefit of the doubt on this but i i think after reviewing all the material i i land like kind of with you i think it was just totally careless um but maybe he at this point views his son as like as healthy like maybe he is not thinking like it's one healthy kid at the expense of another it's it's mm-hmm. just that he's talking about he's 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 so siloed like Anna Ferris and his son Jack um and he so he's thinking about Catherine his wife and their child together but he doesn't but the whole thing smacks of this like narcissistic um obliviousness uh so it is just sort of i don't know like I can't believe you. I, it is weird to type this. Like, it's weird that you <laughs> typed that out and hit publish. Like, this woman has given me offspring. That is, <laughs> yeah, it's like healthy stock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it just it 
it doesn't hit right um and i do yeah i i truly believe he loves his children equally and i don't think he was trying to make a dig it's just you gotta think about how things could be perceived by the people you you love or have i mean i think he still loves anna i don't know that's speculation i think (laughs) it seems like they have a decent co-parenting relationship and yeah um you have to you know consider other other humans but it's just like no i'm doing my post here and then when he's like she helps me with everything in return periodically i open a jar of pickles (laughs) which like i get that you're joking and i'm sure Mm -hmm. that you (laughs) it's more equitable than that but like why are we still making the joke about the woman does everything and I'll help with this one jar with my man hands being helpful. I'm a bumbling idiot. I couldn't possibly do anything more. She does it so well. It's just this, it's just so tired. Mm-hmm. And we don't like, again, let's, let's move past however many years ago. And again, this like that sentence in and of itself, like, it's not the worst thing in the world. None of this is the worst thing in the world, but right. it's just this particular type of just kind of frustrating misogyny slash selfishness that like, there's no like smoking gun of like, oh, that was really awful. But altogether, you're just left with this taste of like, you show yeah. up, man. <laughs> like, right. Ugh. Right. Yeah, you know, I get it. It's a joke. It's just a question of like, it's why? one of those like, why? First why of all, that? is it funny? No. Mm-hmm. And like, why are you making that joke? I know. What's the what's the funny here? Come on. Um, her heart belongs to him. And then it's like, yeah, my greatest treasure next to his sports card, <laughs> which again, yeah. like, obviously a joke. Right. He cares more about her than his card, but mm-hmm. like cringe why are you making a joke that this human woman is uh (laughs) like less important to you than a card you know and again cumulatively we get it the joke (laughs) (laughs) but like he's typing the words and he hit publish on cumulatively this whole string of words (laughs) why can't you just be like like emotionally vulnerable and and open if you want to make like an actual post about how great your wife is right like, why does it have to be peppered with these jokes that like they're jokes but they cut her down you know like, well and the only unique attribute it's all about how she how nice she is she's pure. Or how, in she's really pure <laughs> she's a pure woman a church going woman <laughs> it's all about how she is in relation to him. He is the mm-hmm. central force here, even though it's her birthday post. It's like in all weeks. about in six weeks again, like K um, like <laughs> that um, it's all, he is speaking about her in relation to um, him as the central actual object of this post. And that's the way that she's looking at him. It's like totally centralizing him. The only unique attribute that he actually discusses about her is that she, she chews her food so loudly that, um, but that's the actual quote. She chews so loudly that sometimes I put my earbuds in to drown it out, but that's love. (laughs) Okay. Again, like we're not joyless feminists here. We get that it's a joke. I, I'm registering the jocular nature of this. (laughs) 
Aren't you too loud? <laughs> but it's kind of like this type of it's it is a little belittling in the context of the whole post that this is like this type of small these small slights these small little indignities or or like you know and maybe that's too big of a word for what this is but this type of treatment (laughs) (laughs) this type of treatment can lead to bigger stuff that bigger forms of violence i mean like like bigger actual forms of violence. This was not violence, um, but like uh, it can lead to um, a slippery slope where everything is a joke. Like relax, I'm joking, but really like all your concerns are minimized and you can't take a joke. Mm-hmm. It's It feels very like Kevin can, can go F himself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's just like so unaware of, of how and it's yeah it's like this post that's supposed to be about how great his wife is is about how she serves him and how she is in relation to him and not about like you know it starts look how she's looking at me um (laughs) it's not like my wife is so wonderful she's brilliant she's strong she's this and she's that she's a wonderful mother to our daughter she's it's, she gave me a healthy daughter. Her heart is pure and belongs to me. She helps me with everything. Like, it's all, like, relational to him. Which, of course, yeah, it's your wife. It's your partner. You'll think in terms of how you relate to one another. But it's not – it doesn't feel like, look how great my wife is. It feels like, I don't know, look how great she is to me. You know, it's like he's right. still the object of the post, even though it's supposedly about her. Which seems like a it's a it's definitely a trap that a lot of social media posts fall into. I mean, I think it's everything from people posting about someone else's wedding. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. we loved being at so and so's wedding. Like, but here's, here's eighty seven pictures of, of me in the bathroom. <laughs> right, exactly. Here's seven <laughs> selfies from the bathroom because I got to wear heels, like or something. Which, by the way, I, it's relatable. You know, everyone you're you're there and you're the subject of your own life. So, but it just in in. We just, it's very frequent that I think we have Instagram posts that are supposed to be celebrating someone else. And indeed, I think we think we're celebrating someone else, but really, Mm -mm. mm, it's not quite that. Not so much. And we're here to talk about Chris Pratt and why people have issues. So again, this is what, this is what you all asked for. Um, (laughs) The fans want it. (laughs) We're just breaking down what the potential um, eye roll moments are. Again, this Instagram post in and of itself is not my biggest problem with him. No. It is it does, I think, have pieces to it where if I were a big fan of his going into it and this and I saw this, I'd I'd be like, Ugh. uh, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Mm, it's just it's cringy and um yeah, just he doesn't he, it just feels like he doesn't get it. Right, which is like and I mean also Maria Shriver um, who I think that's Catherine Schwarzenegger's mom, right? Because she's the ex-wife yeah. of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, she said, this is so sweet. Now show us how you look at her, which I thought was kind of a cute way to be like, haha, I get what you were trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it was a little subtle, not necessarily a dig, but it's just, I don't know, in this moment where we're trying to point out when people are kind of just missing it a little. This is so that it's not like he 
this he's the worst person in the world like you say it's not that he is displaying some sort of totally i don't know reckless behavior or being so rude or inconsiderate it's just like you know he it was thoughtless it was oblivious it was sort of goofy misogyny light a little bit or just patri- patriarchal like leaning in that like comfy patriarchal kind of wrapping yourself in that blanket mm-hmm. um not really rejecting it especially when you're someone who has a is a prominent has a prominent career in Hollywood and um there's so much uh so many such a diversity of stories being told you have a platform you have a lot of exposure to other people and other you know viewpoints for you to kind of be so enmeshed maybe in and and talk so frequently about your church and the patriarchal mm-hmm. kind of stuff that you obviously value and then we'll get mm-hmm. into it but you're kind of like you're not it's not clear exactly how conservative you are and it, in a in a way like the different some of the people that you follow mm-hmm. just j- there's like a just a trend that's sort of like everyone has we have our eyes on you and like a mm. we're, we're <laughs> where's this going <laughs> well and his like response after the criticism to the instagram post was just like <laughs> mm-hmm. i went to bed last night really kind of upset and depressed <laughs> and i woke up feeling crappy and i didn't want to work out <clears throat> I knew, though, that if I put on my Christian music playlist and I got out of the woods and ran, that I'd feel better. But I just didn't want to. And I did it anyways. And gosh, was I right. It felt amazing. I got out of the woods, got my blood pumping. That moment, it really captured me. And so I just want to say, all glory to God. Just like, Ooh, I am, I am okay. glad that you, have, that you have a coping mechanism of you know, going on a run and mm-hmm. listening to your Christian music <laughs> playlist. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's important to have self-care and, and and things that help you when you're going through a hard time. And like, I'm not hating on running or listening to Christian music playlists, but like, again, like you're, you weren't like, oh, foot and mouth, you know, like I totally see what you guys are saying. Like, of course, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, you guys made me sad, but thankfully I have the Lord. <laughs> right. Right. All right. I'm like, I'm not here to hate on your, your Christian running, but like, you miss, like, what's the point of making, like, what was, what's the point of that? Right. Statement? I mean, yes, some people on the internet are like very harsh about him, but also it's like, a lot of people, I think, just had some pretty fair, a, a fair reaction of like, yuck to that, com- yeah. you know, specifically the comment about the healthy child. And would it be that hard to be like, oh, you know, I really stepped in it. I, I, you know, reached out to Anna, mm-hmm. you know, privately, but just wanted to say to everyone, you know, I can see how that comment was in poor taste or misconstrued. And of course, that's not, mm-hmm. that is not what I meant you know, you, any, any, honestly, anything, we could both be paid such, so much money to write these like easy peasy statements. (laughs) And it's like, and for people are like, well, it's not of our business. Well, he made it our business. We made that fucking Instagram post. (laughs) Okay. Um, and he has done, um, he has acknowledged things he said that have been wrong and apologized for them. When he did like this men's fitness interview, he was saying that, 
he didn't see personal stories like in cinema that necessarily resonated with him um that the voice of the average blue collar american is necessarily represented in hollywood he says this Mm -hmm. but then he went on to say that was actually a pretty stupid thing to say i'll own that there's a ton of movies about blue collar america Uh, right yeah yeah i'm glad he's (laughs) wow he he thought there wasn't wow that is dumb though but yes continue i'm sorry i just (laughs) i hadn't seen that and i'm processing back in 2017 before we were all like I think before, yeah, I think 2020 is when the witch Chris is the worst. Um, We have to to get rid of one happened. But it's an example where it's like, because I'm not going to like, if you say something kind of (laughs) stupid in an interview, I'm not going to be like, you're canceled and I hate you forever. It's like, okay, you acknowledge it was stupid. You thought about it and then you came out and said it. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's all we need. That's all we need from you. Uh, I mean, I guess we don't need anything from you. (laughs) But it shows also that he's like, he is capable of this um, right which is frustrating because it's like why c- can't you did you not see any issue with what you said or how you said it mm-hmm. um because you, you clarified that other the the blue collar america point pretty succinctly and quickly yeah um but you couldn't have been like oh yeah that came off a little <laughs> a little holier than thou Mm, a little uh selfish a little tone deaf but no he didn't just he went fucking jogging with christian rock man or i don't know he said christian music playlist i'm not sure what yeah what what i'm guessing it was christian rock yeah that that probably is true i and i i do think that there's like a direct line between the trump trump years and people not being able to give good apologies or or refusing to or feeling like they it actually doesn't benefit them politically or um personally (laughs) to actually apologize or to have any real self-reflection a lot of people do um and there have been like i mean i think a good apology would be like allison roman had that apology that i thought was pretty good last year with the Chrissy Teigen and Marie Kondo comments like this seems like a thousand years ago but I just remember reading the apology and being like she really thought about this and this is like pretty comprehensive and shows that she's still thinking and then she posts later like a few weeks later about being like I'm still thinking and reading everyone's comments and you know um anyway uh I it just seems like there is there is a strain of people who are like, I'm not going to apologize for what I said. I don't need to. I don't owe anyone anything, which uh, fine, fine. But if like there's a lot of people who are saying, hey, that struck a chord. It seemed really shitty. You know, maybe just maybe apologize, maybe address it. (laughs) Address it. Think about it. You know, like we were saying to Dave Chappelle last week. <laughs> Why doesn't anyone listen to us? <laughs> Honestly, it's just like, ugh, do yourselves a fucking favor. <laughs> and to be and- clear, we've said this is not canceling. This is no. like, and again, like that word has lost all meaning. I don't care that he's Mario. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't care. Don't care. You know, people should have space to learn and grow and to just address or apologize or do whatever they want with their comments. But again, they get they say dumb things. We get to say, mm, this is why we think it was dumb. Yeah. Play, what is it? Play stupid games, got stupid prizes, is what the kids say. Oh, do they? 
I think. Oh, well, I think. I don't oh think man, it's I'm a, so out of it. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think it's even the most like up to date lingo. Play stupid but... games, get stupid prizes. Yeah. Gen Z. Gen Z coming in. <laughs> boom boom. We're hip like the youth. <laughs> Hello, fellows. <laughs> um, God, it really has hit me that I'm not youth. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I go shopping for clothes, I'm oh I'm beyond aware that I. <laughs> Anytime I go anywhere where there's yeah. youth, it's like oh my goodness, oh, you know, thirty thirty isn't old, but it ain't. I'm not. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Chris Pratt. What else? Um, so there have been little like little bits of things that have petered out. He's donated to both Democrats and Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife Catherine has was critical of Trump. Um, but he's in July 2019. He was photographed in a "Don't Tread on Me" T-shirt, mm. um, which you know tends to be used by some people who are very into guns and super conservative people. Um, he also followed. Like Ben Shapiro, Dan Crenshaw, Madison Cawthorn. Um, so it, it, and he's he's been kind of he doesn't talk a lot about politics, but when he does, it's about like oh we're so divided. Mm-hmm. I wish we could come to you know without like acknowledging like well why <laughs> is there maybe like any fault going on or like he doesn't really voice any opinions about any political issues um and he's he seems like he's interpersonally a very nice person Mm -hmm. which is great Um, right but he i think one of the buckets of because i feel like they're they're buckets of why people get upset with chris pratt Mm -hmm. um and one of them is his sort of either their idea of what his political ideology is or the fact that he doesn't stand up for anything. Right. Because especially in this sort of atmosphere, the landscape that we're in, the landscape politically, um, I think there, it is understandable that people feel frustrated that if you have no stance, that feels like a stance. Or if you're deciding you're going to sit here and say, I just hate that we're all so divided, like, like, you know, throw your hands up. It's like, that's kind of like the Matthew McConaughey thing a little bit where like, you know, you want to be governor of Texas, like, and let the good times roll and like, can't we all just be moderates? And it's like, well, that you're in a very interesting position to be asking for moderation because like moderation is frequently status quo, status quo benefits certain groups of people. Um, So there's... There's just the specific way in which I think some celebrities process politics and and then they and the words that they say, which is just so equivocating and so or equivocal and so um, mealy mouthed. Like if all you can basically say is just bemoan the fact that we're so divided without actually getting into any specific issues or acknowledgement of privilege at this point there's just the discourses move beyond you and people get frustrated because it feels like what are you really saying um for a lot of people it feels like there's a lot that isn't a lot that is said by 
not saying anything and we've all fill in the gaps and usually it's it's negative <laughs> yeah and my personal my my real problem um because this other the other stuff ugh, irritates me about chris pratt but like mm-hmm. but my biggest <laughs> my biggest problem my actual issue with the, with the man mm-hmm. um is his the homophobic fucking church that he associates himself with yeah his lack of accountability and his just like sneaky wishy-washy-ness about it um he goes to and justin bieber also goes to a hillsong church there are other celebs um celebs (laughs) 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 who go to this church too but so he goes to zoe church in um in la los angeles which is a branch of the hillsong family kind of evangelical like church tree Mm. um and so the and and chris was like well you know i got like divorced and they welcomed me and he's like they're they welcome everyone elliot page called him out for being a member of zoe church um saying that it was infamously anti-lgbt back in february 2019 um and he was you know he was defensive of this but so the zoe church specifically um i call it zoe not zoe because somewhere they say it's like beyonce zoe interesting don't you yeah because they're the beyonce out they're the cool church that's their whole (laughs) their whole shtick um it's like a cool church but they (laughs) their doctrine specifically states marriages between a man and a woman um Hillsong, the the parent church, has a long history of gay conversion therapy, refuses leadership roles to LGBTQ people. Um, They fired a gay man who served as their choir director in New York because of his sexuality. And they said that Hillsong Church welcomes all people but does not affirm all lifestyles. Put clearly, we do not affirm a gay lifestyle. And because of this, we do not knowingly have actively gay people in positions of leadership, either paid or unpaid. Mm. um so that seems pretty uh it's pretty clear pretty clear um and the zoe's church pastor chad um (laughs) produced a film that refers to same-sex attraction as a form of sexual brokenness um they suggest queerness is a choice and a problem that should be fixed um so they're not (laughs) It's like you can't say you accept everyone, but you don't affirm everyone. It's like what does mm-hmm. what does accept mean to you? Like right. you'll let them in the door, and you right. won't like scream at them, mm-hmm. but you will tell them that their sexual orientation or their you know gender identity that's their choice, and they should really do something about it if they want to be like a good Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's like you can't. And even if he like had pers- if he had personal beliefs, strong held personal convictions that disagreed with this, then he'd go to another church. There mm-hmm. are churches that are affirming of people who are LGBT right. and that they don't tell you you need to change who you are, that you are exactly as you should be. Those exist. If he yeah. had like a strong opinion, mm-hmm. um, he could go to one of those churches right? rather than this uh this church and it's 
it's frustrating because he has this super like I'm a nice guy um mm-hmm. shtick that he tries to do where he's like I'm a, I'm a nice I'm a nice goofy guy I'm a nice guy I'm a nice guy and again yeah. it sounds like interpersonally he's very nice but like there's not it's not kind to <laughs> be in a um to be promoting a church that is that treats um queer people that way so that's my my big problem with him is his allegiance to this church um because of what it says about his ideals and his beliefs and his shitty values right it's uh the difference between nice and kind uh and he did, and he, he said, like, in response to Elliot Page, he was like, oh, that, you know, that's couldn't be further from the truth. It's just like, come on, you're smarter than that, aren't you? <laughs> like, yeah. Or you should be, you know, it's not that hard. And so you're right. Uh, you know, he said it very well. It's It's disappointing and kind of disappointing in a real way, whereas everything else is like, we're extrapolating, we're drawing some conclusions based on sort of vaguely careless, thoughtless, I think narcissistic remarks. Uh, this is a little bit more, this is like, you know, when you participate in that type of a church and you're giving it money and you're giving it uh, higher visibility because you're a celebrity who attends, um, you know, you're giving it air to breathe basically um and i think what we need to do what what would be great with some of these institutions that are not accepting of of everyone um and are promoting bigotry uh is just to ignore them and like let them kind of just sputter out uh by just not giving them time or attention or airtime or attendance or money um so, yeah, it's disappointing uh, in, in a real way and contributes to, I think, like, real harm to people's lives. So, Indeed. You know? Yeah. It's, it's the big, it's my big issue with the, with Chrissy P. Is the, yeah. The other yeah. stuff I could just roll my eyes and be like, all right, <laughs> all right, guy. Right. But right. this is, you know, damaging. This is the stuff that really hurts people. Yeah. Totally. And so if you see this type of, you know, the Instagram post, it's there are layers not only to the post, Mm -hmm. but to just what makes him kind of a fraught, a fraught Chris in the Mm -hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe of Chris's. (laughs) Exactly. Maybe one day he'll he'll grow and evolve and, you know, figure, figure it out. But until then, enjoy your your baseball cards and your wife your pure wife <laughs> oh my gosh pure. yeah that is so gross all right i burped to the side of the mic i don't know if it picked it up or not i think you know i think we i think it did but Ooh. not like you're welcome you know. <laughs> <laughs> love it love that oh and now for we see you. Okay, this motherfucker. <laughs> Get into Congressman it. Congressman Paul Gosar. Yeah. Um, so he posted a video to Twitter um, on Sunday 
it was and he posted it with the caption any anime fans out there um, i'm so glad you're doing this one i'm sorry to interrupt i just couldn't help myself fuck him (sighs) what a shit bag rip him apart i know well half of why i want to do it is to just say what fucking aoc said when she oh yeah um but he wrote any anime fans out there in the caption and he posts this video that's like in the style of um attack on titan which is a japanese manga series and it it begins with Paul Gosser, um, and printed below text that read, reads "Attack of the Immigrants," and then it shows him a cartoon version of him killing uh, AOC and swinging swords at Joe Biden. Um, there's also Marjorie Taylor Greene is in the video as a hero, um, and some other super far right, fucked up, idiot lawmakers. Um, so he posts this video and he's so proud of it that shows like a cartoon of him attack on attack of immigrants, killing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and swinging swords at Biden. Um, I don't feel like I need to spell out what's wrong with that. Uh, mm-hmm. that blatantly, I mean, how you can't get more blatantly violent <laughs> than that. Yeah. In terms, like, there are a lot of coded attacks on AOC, women in politics, particularly women of color in politics. Um, but this one doesn't even try to be subtle in the slightest. Just feels really, really empowered to post this video. Yep. Um, and then AOC posted, so first she posted about how a creepy member she works with who fundraises for neo Nazi groups. That's Paul. Uh, <laughs> shared a fantasy video of him killing her and he'll face no consequences because the GOP leader cheers him on with no excuses back to work because institutions don't protect women of color and then this I just mm, chef's kiss to this response that she wrote she said this dude is just a collection of wet toothpicks anyway white supremacy is for extremely fragile people and sad men like him whose self-concept relies on the myth that he was born superior because deep down he knows he couldn't open a pickle jar or read a whole book by himself (laughs) amazing Love it. Love um, it. Well, Chris Pratt could open a pickle jar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's like, I mean, her response is amazing um, and rings so true. Um, mm-hmm. He's a sniveling little coward and being, if God, I can't imagine not only seeing a video like that of yourself made and liking it and then also posting it. Mm-hmm. Like how how very bold and how and it's and the thing is it's not like we say words have consequences um so does this kind of content like it empowers people to act out against against others against women against women of color when it's not only he's celebrating it you know right he's he's celebrating this like murder fantasy she already gets death threats I mean, look at January 6th. Like, it's these things, not only are they in extremely poor taste and just disgusting and awful, but they have real world consequences where people can get hurt. And it's so, like, you were elected. Like, fuck. Like, it's so, so disgusting and dangerous. And, like, love her, love her clap back, but it's, he shouldn't be allowed to be, he shouldn't be allowed to be a congressman. Like that should just be automatic. Right. Like you're out. 
Do you right. remember how mad people were when Kathy Griffin had the fake like tomato oh, yeah. head of Donald Trump? Um, people lost her, her their minds and her career, I don't think, has recovered. Yeah, it took a real big hit. Um, yeah. But here, he, the congressman, the comedian, <laughs> like, comedian can't do the clearly fake, you know, holding the, the head of a fake Donald Trump with ketchup on it. Mm-hmm. But a congressman can put out a video of a version of him killing AOC and threatening Biden with swords. That's fine. Yeah. I just, we see you, Paul. you fucking sad man whose concept relies on the myth that he was born superior because deep down he knows he couldn't open a pickle jar or read a whole book by himself we see mm-hmm. you Ugh. Ugh, we see you and he's leaned into like he's leaned into this like his team has just been like relax it's a joke like lives. it's a joke <laughs> again like jokes are supposed to be funny in some way right right it's not you're just it's so <sighs> okay um, my we see you. My first one is so. I don't know if you've seen. Um, Barry Weiss is has a um university she's created called the University of Austin. Um, Barry Weiss ha- used to write. Um, she used to be a New York Times columnist. Um, she has written a lot and been on Twitter making everyone angry for the last few years, like talking about wokeism and cancel culture. Um, and so she announced that she ha- is launching a new university that will be dedicated to the, this is a quote, dedicated to the fearless pursuit of the truth. Um, right now, that university is not accredited, just FYI. <laughs> Can't get a degree there. Um, and it's uh, being financed in part by someone who um, is a big backer of uh, Palantir, which is um, Peter Thiel's company. Peter Thiel's the guy who back secretly backed the lawsuit against Gawker and bankrupted them. And I will hate him forever for that. Um, so big money backing it. Um, and then a lot of different, um, respected thinkers, um, from across the U S and Europe are a part of this, um, university that she's starting. Um, and she kind of talks about how, um, American, she says, four out of, this is Barry, four out of five American PhD students are willing to discriminate against right-leaning scholars. Um, so this is, um, it, this type of, it's just, it's like the discourse from Twitter becoming a university and it really makes me shudder. Um, this concept of like, we are a university that is has arisen or we are making it out of our frustration with like the rest of university campuses we perceive being too woke, too cancel culture-y, too sensitive, um, not able to deal with like a fair discourse and of ideas. Now, I think that there are lots of ridiculous headlines that do have kernels of truth when it comes to universities going overboard in terms of uh, either not wanting to have speakers who are conservative or making people who have uh who aren't don't identify as liberal or aren't very left-leaning um making them not feel welcome or that their ideas are worth 
sharing in an academic setting. So I, I do think that there's work to be done there at, at the university level um, because I think it's important that there be a free exchange of ideas um, generally. But I also think that we're in a really dangerous spot. I mean, like I would love for the marketplace of ideas to like work, <laughs> but we elected Trump. He might get elected again. Um, we have, we're at a place where we have access to the most information we ever, we have ever had before <laughs> panging the keyboard, um, via access to the internet. And yet people actually are less informed and are less interested in listening to, um, like less there, you have the most access to information and people are becoming less and less informed, which is so frustrating. Um, so this, this is just this university, I think it makes me roll my eyes, but more broadly, it's very, I think, um, rather than try to work within the university systems that we have, you're, you're creating your own. And does it, does that mean that you're going to accept people who have super liberal values there? I mean, it feels like it's just a university for people who don't agree with you. Um, I think that there's so much uh, roiling um, in academia because more voices are actually being heard for the first time in human history. And uh, so there are more, there are fierce debates and there are more voices. And it's not like, oh, we should return to civility. Civility happened because there were only a few people and everyone was white and like, whoa, maybe there was a woman in there. Like, this is, this is what happens when more people have have voices, bless you, and more people have power. Suddenly you start hearing perspectives that challenge your whole ideology that make you uncomfortable. And I think that's overall a good thing. And I think we should certainly work to make sure that there are and, – and hey, conservatives generally, I mean, in this era, if you're a conservative, I mean, what are you – what do you stand for exactly that is not um, Trumpy at this point? Like I, I really, and maybe concentrate your efforts collectively on organizing some sort of intelligent um, response to Trump. Um, Cause it doesn't seem like there's much of that. There hasn't been much of that in the last five or six years, however long Trump's been on the scene. It's not like we've seen a groundswell of support for like fiscal, res fiscally responsible conservatives who are, who feel that Trump is an unacceptable person and DeSantis and Josh Hawley are out of line. Like there's just none of that. So anyway, I just feel like this is, um, it's like a Twitter argument coming to life in the form of university, which feels gross and um, fake. And I also think that it's like extra, like it's extra distasteful to me that it's going, that it's the University of Austin. They're choosing to put it in Texas and their reason on their website is that if it's good enough for Elon Musk and Joe Rogan, it's good enough for us, mm. which like is a real thing to say um, and just in the context of everything that Texas is doing regressively with abortion rights and voting rights it's just like not um, I just don't think it's a good look for anyone who wants to be taken seriously as like someone who cares about people broadly academics women <laughs> voting rights anyway it just is like just seems like you're taking your ball and you're going home 
to Texas. So anyway, to Barry Weiss and her university, we see you. So <laughs> so unnecessary. It's dumb. I hate it's it. It's good enough for Joe Rogan. <laughs> uh, well. Yeah. Um, all right. Armstrong Junior Senior High School in Pennsylvania. Um, so a couple things happened there um, in the past. Well, the first thing happened at the end of October, and then it was reported on more recently. But there was a hockey game, um, a varsity hockey team. There's one um, one girl on on the team, the goalie, who tried out for the team, and uh, she made the team, and she's a starting varsity goalie. So, damn, girl. Yeah. But... Did, did the students meet that with signs and shows of support and what a badass bitch she is? No, no, no. Um, mm. They were chanting, like huge numbers of students were chanting inappropriate and abusive language at her, including calling her a whore um, and other comments. Apparently, just because she's, oh, there's a girl out there. Um, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, the school did respond with um by taking action and banning basically all the students from going to um going to the games but i just like the fact that it happened in the first place and like their your own school is Mm -hmm. chanting against you for no other reason than the fact that you're a girl on the team not Taking into account the fact that, yeah, she's on the team because she tried out and she was the best person. Right. Right. <laughs> Which is, like, very cool and would take a lot of guts to try out for a varsity hockey fucking team. Yeah. Um, so, and thankfully, then uh, there was also an event where people came to show their support for her afterwards. But I can't imagine being that girl in that game, getting that abusive language hurled at you, and then being expected to perform. Um, right and do the do the goalie things uh so absolutely disgusting and then at that same school um recently a 14 year old trans girl was called names and then dragged to the floor and attacked because she's trans at the school it was all recorded um and she's been bullied before but this time she she suffered a concussion and this is the same same school um what so i don't know what is what is going on what what the parents in this district or the teachers or if it's just what it is but these first misogynistic and then transphobic attacks um should have no place Mm -hmm. in the schools yeah um you know i think it would be great if we had schools that were teaching and promoting you know, real messages of equality and teaching history accurately and, and all of these, all these great things, um, because it doesn't seem like a coincidence. It seems like there's some sort of culture issue mm-hmm. taking place at the school. And I am glad that the administration, um, you know, punished kids for the, the hockey, the hockey incident. I'm still waiting to see what they're going to do about the the assault the violent assault like leading to a concussion yeah in this young girl um and again her mother said that she had been bullied often at school 
<sighs> so you wonder where's the where's the intervention? Yeah. Why does this keep happening? Why why isn't she being um protected? And of course, like there's always gonna be shitty humans in the world. But the fact that one, this trans girl's been bullied repeatedly and the latest attack resulted in a concussion. And the fact that this at this hockey game so many students are participating in these like abusive chants mm-hmm. rather than like oh one person or a few people and then they get shut up by the other students like why what's right. going on what is right. the culture here yeah what needs to happen um i don't know the answers i haven't been inside the school but <sighs> we see you to these students who are and whoever in their lives are failing them um, yeah so we see you. Ugh. Ugh, we see you. What's going on there? <sighs> um, my second we see you is actually um in response. There's so after I read Barry Weiss's Substack on her university, um, I just I don't know why I went down to the comments section. Not sure why. Um, and I found like one of the first comments with 99 likes. <laughs> was this person, user01, who said of the university, I love the concept, University of Misfit Toys. One word of warning, hire as few administrators as possible. If you can, hire none. Rotate administration duties among the professors or recruit students to handle administration tasks. Administrators are the people who carry and spread the poison of our institutions. What? (laughs) Okay, sir. Because I'm I'm 100% positive this is a sir. Um, user 01, I, I find this so offensive for a variety of reasons. I mean, I am an administrator right now, um, hopefully not forever in my life, but like, (laughs) I'm an administrator. You toxic poisonous wench. (laughs) I know. My nine to five, I spread poison via administrative calendaring duties. Um, but I just was just, I, I, first of all, this is so poorly thought out in terms of like. Hire as few administrators as you can. If you like, if you can hire none, rotate administration duties among the professors. First of all, that's utterly insane. As if, as if, like professors would deign to do their own scheduling and like answer answer a doodle poll, update their own CVs. Like, I just find this uh, totally unbelievable. And like, there are already there's already in defense of professors instead of just pooping on them there's a lot of bureaucratic stuff that they already have to do like every you know lots of hurdles in the research sphere anytime you're applying for a grant there's like 10 different processes if you are like appointed to multiple institutions there's tons of shit you have to do every year um to like get your reappointment packet done and there's just like there is so much bureaucracy that actually that that um people who are uh, researchers uh, have to deal with themselves. So an administrator can only, can only go so far in terms of helping, but administrators are also the people who make sure the conferences happen, make sure everyone is where they need to be, uh, make sure that the travel and the food and like the administrators when done, when, when you're doing your job correctly, you're like the heartbeat of, of an institution and you're making sure everything's working. Uh, and I know that there's, there's a lot of bureaucratic bloat in lots of places, but, um, 
the poison they carry and spread poison in institutions uh i think that's more the people who have a lot of power and aren't having anyone really tell them no i've heard that a lot of tenured professors maybe carry and spread poison amongst the people that are around them if we're going to use those terms i mean i i think that the people in power are the ones who uh ultimately are responsible for the uh mood at the top um also, to your ridiculous uh, idea of recruiting students for administrative tasks, in what world? For a couple of reasons. One, they are not going to sit still and be at a desk doing, like, when you're a student at a university, the last thing you want to be doing is being at, at one of those, like, build bureaucratic buildings on campus doing calendaring and other um other tasks like that when you want to be out with friends or like actually learning, doing an internship, doing something like more productive for your major. I mean, I, I think that for students, this would be like a depressing alternative. I don't think that they like, but I also just don't think that they have the capacity. I think an ad administrators are people who are, have, ha it is a skilled job at a certain level. Like you have to have had experience. You need to know how to like actually utilize Microsoft Office skillfully. Um, and a lot of students like haven't really had to do that yet. Um, a lot of schools don't, you're not using Microsoft Office tools and there's like to be able to deal with politics and to skillfully arrange uh, conferences and meetings and events. And, you know, there's just, you need to have an eye for detail. You need to know a lot of different programs. You need to be like a good people person and on it and responsive and polite and professional. I don't, it's, it's not a job for students. It just isn't. And that's, you know, a compliment to students though, too, because it's like, you're there to learn. You're there to learn whatever you're studying. So anyway, I just, I, this turned me off so much, of course. I was already like disgusted after reading about the university. And so kind of to get to the bottom and just have someone have this dumb comment, have a ton of likes about like, and by the way, <laughs> fuck administrators. It was just like, fuck you. <laughs> so we see you. <laughs> yeah. And like having, I feel like having students or people coming in and out of the role, like you need right. consistent people in the role. Yes. You can't just like, it's not like you pass off different duties every day. Like there are like long-term things that you need to be like working on. It's just, it Oh, thank you. That mm -hmm. is such a good point. Yes. And that's for both the whole rotating with professors or students. You don't want to rotate. You want someone who's actually there and takes pride in that work, mm -hmm. like as a real job. Just passing it like, oh my goodness, what a game of telephone. Yeah. No, would not work. <sighs> Wouldn't work. <laughs> All right. Cruising over to... U.S. The, back to the U.S. Congress, uh, Chris, Chris, Madison Chris. Cawthorn. Um, he might recall from when he was accused of sexual harassment and misconduct by many former classmates. Um, might remember him from that. He's back in action. Oh, and then a few weeks yeah. ago, he was <laughs> complaining that our culture today is trying to completely demasculate all the young men, and that mm. if you are raising a young man, please raise them to be a monster. Great. <laughs> Great. Anyway, fast forward. That was a few weeks ago, so he's done more. Ooh, amazing. He, had, he went on this rant, um, and he was saying that 
um he was on own the far right network own uh not to be oh, confused great. with oprah's own <laughs> right i know oh my gosh different owns um he was talking about how there are people in washington who are trying to insert their woke politics into our culture trying to destroy western civilization trying to take all our morality away from everyone trying to make everyone genderless sexless and absolutely godless he realizes the American people are sick and tired of it. We want our country back. We want our culture back. And if you want to stand in the way, we will run you over. <sighs> okay. Madison. 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 Um, we, okay. So trying to make everyone genderless, <laughs> sexless, and absolutely godless. Um, no one's trying to make everyone genderless. Um, we're just trying to say like, hey gender is you you can tell me what your gender is ah which means mm-hmm. madison cawthorn you can identify as a toxic man for the rest right. of your fucking life that's yep. fine no one's taking that away from you no one <sighs> um trying to make everyone sexless i know i don't not sure your argument there either buddy and absolutely godless again mm. No one's taking God away from you, Madison. Um, we don't want, you know, God in government, mm-hmm. but we're not trying to take God away from people. Mm-hmm. So calm down. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, and he's, it's interesting because he's, he's talking about, not interesting, but he's talking about how, you know, the liberals are trying to insert their woke politics. They're going to destroy civilization and take morality away from everyone. When like the things <laughs> not trying to take morality away. It's like trying to, it is, it is moral to allow people to be who they are, express their gender, how they want to mm-hmm. choose whether or not they want to worship, but not let one person's religion take away the rights of another. Mm-hmm. It's not, we're not taking morality away. Um, and then he ends that with saying, we'll run you over if you stand in our way. Like, where's, what's the morality Why? there? And talking about. So masculine. Yeah. Raising young <laughs> men to be monsters. Literally saying that. Like, where, who is your God? Yeah. <laughs> He's literally saying, please raise young men to be monsters. Please, he says. Um, oh. This is not. What is your? What are you trying to do? We want our country back. We want our culture back. Where did it go? What country? What country mm. are you trying to get back? What are you? What are you saying? Um, it, there's no. There's no point. He's just doing the Republican fear mongering thing of shouting and saying that these con these things are being taken away. They're being taken away, mm-hmm. and then people get all defensive and they're scared but like nothing is being taken away nothing's right. being taken away right no one is out there saying you have to be genderless you have to be godless we're just saying that like other people people should be able to make their own choices shocking um which is freedom actually yeah, uh, yeah. freedom eagles i think i've heard uh, of it yeah so for, they're just saying freedom to, to identify how you want, freedom to practice the religion that you want without imposing on others' freedom to live the mm-hmm. way that they want to live. Um, so please don't run anyone over, <laughs> Madison. 
even if you want your country back it hasn't gone anywhere um country's still here uh you've still got your culture madison there's just also other cultures to think of um he just he i feel like he gets more and more unhinged as time goes on but he makes me nervous yeah Um, he does he's one to watch and not in a fun way and he's one of the people who fucking chris pratt was following i don't know if he still does but like this guy mm, yeah that makes me nervous um so we see you to madison and we're gonna keep an eye on you because i mm, he makes me nervous yeah yeah he does he really does i don't like him well my last we see you has a lot of crossover with yours just because josh holly is another nasty <laughs> republican uh, yep. um who uh, the fine senator from missouri uh he has really made um masculinity his like central thing that he cares about um and he said that uh the left is taking masculinity away basically the left is telling men quote you're part of the problem your masculinity is inherently problematic and again this falls into like a camp of like a totally lazy triggering issue for a lot of republicans and conservatives it's no you know there can be toxic masculinity it exists it exists in big and small ways all the time and affects a lot of people, including, by the way, men, uh, which we're trying to also cure men of toxic masculinity because it doesn't benefit them. So it's, but it's just, um, it's just another like lazy attack that he's making. Um, he spoke to Axios on HBO um, last Sunday night when he was talking about the left attacking America and America is systemically oppressive and men are, or, you know, he said that the left is saying that America is systemically oppressive and that men are systemically responsible. Well, sir, <laughs> men have been in power in the United States historically for the entire creation of like through the whole creation of the country um whether you're starting in 1776 or if you're starting in 1619 men have had the power they've had the land they've had the money white men specifically white male property owners again like i don't i feel like most people don't need this history lesson but so that america was systemically oppressive and men white male landowning men for a long period of time we're systemically responsible. This is like a, if this, then that sentence, you know? So this is just like, but I know that it's something that a lot of people, a lot of men don't want to hear. A lot of people don't want to hear. And then it, it flows right into this like triggering critical race theory conversation where people will just say the word and conservatives and white suburban moms in Virginia's heads explode. Um, and it's just very, it's the whole thing is very frustrating to me. And I think it's, it's, it's a really dangerous, um, space to be drumming up a lot of uh, anger and fomenting a lot of fear and frustration when we're talking about education um, and masculinity. Um, And um, Josh Hawley is just uh, saying, like, he's just, he's, he's trying to make masculinity a central issue and uh, that, that, he can rally everyone around and say that the left is just attacking like men in big and small ways, job killing policies and says that men have nothing else to do, but play video games and watch porn. It's like, don't blame the left for video games and porn, man. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> so, I mean, he said a slew of like very problematic and frustrating things, but yeah, this is just, it's, it's ties a lot, ties very much into Madison Cawthorn's sort of strain of we see you, which is just like, get a fucking grip. Um, it's not all about you. <laughs> we see you. We see you. Yes. No Republican men watch porn. <laughs> and if they do, movies. it's liberals fault. Okay. <sighs> interesting. Interesting. Um, in good news. And uh, yeah. for people who want regular good news in their feed, their good, good, good co on Instagram is a good, is a good, good, is good, 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 good place. <laughs> place to find it. Um, so there's a new land fund that's helping black farmers in Detroit purchase land that they've transformed into food sources. So there in in residential Detroit, um, there was this base. It was an abandoned lot, and about a little over, a little under ten years ago, it was transformed into a community garden called Nurturing Our Seeds. Um, it stretches across several blocks now, and it's become a staple in the community, um, providing affordable, nutritious produce. There are also community events there, um, and for nearly the decade that uh, there's been one family that's been tending to this community garden basically um they never actually owned it uh they were trying to purchase it and they were told they didn't qualify uh but finally they were able to purchase the land um and they own it and it's now the detroit black farmer land fund so yay that's great yeah it's it's a great it's great that this family now owns this land mm-hmm. um and it is awesome that this uh community garden has blossomed oh. <laughs> so much over the course of the past nine years taking up you know several blocks and providing fresh produce to um a community that otherwise would have much less access to it mm-hmm. um so win-win yeah it'd be awesome to see things like this pop up all over the place um, because there is a, a huge problem with people being able to access healthy foods because mm-hmm. um, one you have to be able to get to places that sell the healthy food mm-hmm. and two you have to be able to afford it which when generally you know it's cheaper to buy mcdonald's burger than to get a, a bunch of healthy vegetables so right it's a good 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 thing hooray hooray good awesome well Thanks for listening to us rant about uh, Chris Pat- Pratt. Actually, it wasn't really a rant. It was a thoughtful discussion of... Uh, it was a thoughtful discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rant. That is not what we were doing. No. Um, <laughs> Feminist Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast.